Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! A good day, a how, good day. How are you? Great. We are so close to the long weekend, you can practically taste it, everybody. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder, Friday, most things are closed. Then they reopen on Saturday. Then they close down again on Sunday. And then some of them reopen on Monday, but others remain closed until Tuesday. This weekend, this long weekend confuses everybody, and I don't blame you because it is sometimes confusing. I get it. Like, on one day, off again. Is this something open? Oh, it's closed. But this day's not a holiday, but this is? Who's off this day? Some people are. Some people aren't. It's true. It's all over the map. Yeah. I, uh, I do remember back in the day when I was doing a lot of club gigs, I was at Nashville North on Thursdays for years, Mm -hmm. and I've done a couple of pretty legendary Thursday clubs over the years. Holy Thursday, this coming Thursday, was always the busiest night of the year. But it seems like clubs are kind of dead these days. It's not like there's one on every corner that's bumping. Do people still go out on Holy Thursday with Good Friday being a holiday? I don't know because I don't roll with those crowds that would go out. So I don't don't know. I don't know if it's a hot. I would imagine that it's a busy night, though, in general, like for entertainment. At the movies, at, at restaurants, I'm at pubs. Like, I could speak to those. I don't know about the clubs. I'm going to sound real old in saying this, but where do kids go these days? Do they just, like, light a doob and hang out in their parents' basement? Do they go to bars at all? Is it yeah, a, a yeah. loungy thing? I don't know, but I don't, I don't see a lot of the DJs that I still have on social promoting their gig on yeah. Thursday night. There's the odd places that I think are still pretty busy, like the clubs. But I, yeah, I don't know of a lot of them either. I'm not sure how busy they are. So what's lit on Holy Thursday if I want to go out? Is it just the grocery store? People getting the last minute shit? The churches. And the church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I should churches. go to church and then the grocery yes. store if I want to see people on Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, the grocery store is a good, listen, uh, here's here's a little PSA though, because the grocery store sucks on the Thursday before the long weekend for yep. Easter. Go on Wednesday or today for that matter. Today's uh-huh. Tuesday as we record this. If you're listening on Wednesday, Go. But avoid on Thursday. I remember that being a really, really busy one at the grocery stores. And you don't want to have to, like, wait in those lines or anything like that. I think the, the grocery stores are still pretty pumping, right? They should have a DJ in there. Yeah, they should. Since hey, There's yeah. so many singles out there looking to mingle at the grocery Listen, store. Listen, don't give Galen Weston any cover charge ideas. <laughs> we pay enough friggin' money. The good news is we've got a DJ. The bad news is bananas now cost four ninety nine a pound. <laughs> chicka, chicka, DJ Joe Fresh on the one. On the ones and twos, <laughs> DJ PC. Um, we we still, of course, talk about inflation a lot because I think we all understand the prices are so much higher now than they were a year ago. And inflation, we get it in dribs and drabs, the actual numbers, and they say it's somewhere between 10 and 11%. Well, I was at the grocery store yesterday and all of the things that people may be going to shop for for a traditional Easter I kind of want to see last Easter's numbers compared to this year because what they're charging for uh, a half a ham, what they're charging for lamb, what they're charging for stuff like that is crazy. There's no way it's only 11%. It's got to be more. Are there no specials for all these things, by the way, or are we like done with those specials? Yeah, they took the price freeze off and I feel like everything has just gone bonkers once again. Hmm. It's well, maybe that $439 credit spread out over the course of a year will help out. (laughs) I I don't know that it'll offset the price of a leg of lamb, but eh, we're getting it anyway. We have a lot to talk about in this episode, and we are going to talk about Donald Trump coming up because I I don't know if you watched any of it yesterday, but I was getting real, real 
OJ Bronco Chase vibes out of it. They were following him everywhere. Cameras on him every second. And, and you could watch him making his progress from Palm Beach all the way to Manhattan. Yeah, that's I mean, I saw some images of it. I didn't watch it happen, but he was like giving the thumbs up at one point. He's like, yeah. And then I heard at his fundraiser, which he went to a rally, which was slash a fundraiser, right? Anytime there's a rally, there's a fundraiser. Yeah, pretty he, much. He raised like a million dollars the same day. It's he, crazy to me. Like, he, think about that. Yeah, he is basking in this attention and and it's not even good attention he's being charged with a crime 30 different counts now i'm one of those people when it comes to trump who thinks he probably did it he probably committed a lot of crimes some of which we probably don't even know about yet but i also think it's weird that they're going after him as hard as they are to prosecute him for this and the judge is in a real shitty spot I know Trump says this judge doesn't like him, but uh, even if the judge does like him, half the country is going to hate him for whatever decision he makes. And he can't even give some of the standard things. Normally, if a, a convict or, or, or someone who's accused of a crime goes in front of a judge, they'll say, okay, you can go until your trial. But there's some rules. Like, you can't talk about the trial. You have to stay in America. You can't leave your home state. All that sort of thing. You can't do any of those things to Trump because he's running for president. And if it turns out he's innocent and then loses the election, he'll always be able to say, the justice system stole the election from me. Hmm. That's going to be the play. I almost kind of wonder if he really didn't want to run for president again, kind of thinking maybe he did run for president and did it as early as he did it, just so that when they try and throw conditions on him, he can say, fuck you, I'm running for president. You can't tell me I can't leave the state of Florida. You can't tell me I can't talk about what's a very major issue. It was almost a smart defensive play. Hmm. We'll see what happens. 2.15, he goes in front of the judge. It's only going to take a couple of minutes. And there's then he a goes, crowd, by the way. There's like a crowd of people waiting. They're afraid that there's going to be rioting and shit like that in New York. I don't see it happening. I don't think people are that upset about this yet to the point where they're ready to burn New York City down. But every cop in New York has been told you must be either on duty or be ready to be called in on a moment's notice in case shit goes down. Good luck, New York. I don't envy you guys at all. This is going to be a shit show for the next year. Mm -hmm. And it starts today in New York. Before we talk about restaurants, I do want to talk about the new star of Canada. In fact, if there was a poster for Canada, it would probably have 47-year-old Jeremy Hansen on it. He, yesterday, was named Canada's astronaut, the one who is going to make that incredible journey. We are going back to the moon. No. <laughs> back to the moon. The moon. <laughs> In case you weren't sure where, it's the moon. <laughs> where are we going, Francois-Philippe Champagne? We are going back to the moon. Back to the moon. The moon. <laughs> <laughs> That guy's like oh a cartoon, and I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. We are going back to the moon. <laughs> the moon. The people at NASA must have been like, what's this fucking guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got a good gig. Industry, innovation, science, technology. That That's great. But let's get back to London, Ontario's Jeremy Hansen, one of four astronauts that is going to take part in the Artemis II mission next year, 
around the moon. We keep saying to the moon, but we're not really going to the moon. We're really just wasting gas at we're, this point. We're just chilling. Yeah, we're just chilling around. It's like, uh, I want to take a long drive to clear my head. This is the longest drive you could take. They're going to go up into space. They're going to do some nice photo ops and stuff like that. Then they're going to circle around the Earth and use the Earth's gravity to slingshot them into outer space. Then they're on a direct course for the moon. When they get to the moon, they have to be able to get back. And we can't do this whole thing on gas. Nothing lasts for five days in each direction on gas alone. So they've got to kind of use some physics here. So once they get around the moon, they're going to go around it. They're going to slingshot off its gravity, which is going to send them right back to Earth. Really neat how they do it. Uh, this guy went to school in Ingersoll. Hmm. Then he joined the Canadian Armed Forces, where he holds the rank of colonel to this day. He was selected by the Canadian Space Agency in 2009. He became the first Canadian entrusted with leading the NASA training of astronaut candidates from both Canada and the U.S. in 2017. So for about six years now, he's been the guy training astronauts. He's the perfect choice to represent Canada on this mission. Now, let's not lose sight of the fact that there's a lot of women who just realized, holy shit. This is a good-looking dude. Yeah, that's the majority of the comments I saw. It was like, screw the fact that he's got this incredible resume that you just mentioned. They're like, he looks like Buzz Lightyear in real life. I would kind of want to do the real-life Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> like, easy, horny horny people. Like, just calm down. Um, but, hey, that's that's exciting. It's exciting. It's, there's a lot of people who I think don't realize when you're an astronaut, it's not like you're t- constantly just going up on another rocket today. Here I go. I'm being launched into space again today. There are astronauts who have spent their entire life as astronauts and don't go to space, which is bonkers. Uh, But this guy's actually going at least. And no, he's not landing on the moon. Maybe if he's healthy enough when we're at the point in time where we are landing on the moon, he's going to be able to go up again. But it's such an honor, I think, uh, I'm sure for anyone who's in the program to represent on that kind of a stage. And we knew someone from Canada would be, so good on him. We are going back to the moon. (laughs) Back to the moon. The moon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you only get one shot at this, most likely. Like you said, most astronauts never go into space. It's not like you go to school to be a pilot. And then you end up taking like eight flights a day. It's Mm. not like that. He might never have gone to space had they not created this set of missions. So he's going to get to go, but he might never get to go back. Imagine being that close to the moon. That close. We are going back to the moon. Is there any part of you that might think, hmm, I'll never get this opportunity again in my life. This could be the highlight of my life. We're just going to set her down on the moon. And we might not be able to get back, but we're going to go and touch down. You think they're going to pull a screw screw you, NASA? We're touching down? You know where I got the idea was watching the movie Armageddon, where they actually said, you know, we could just go and finish it off and drop that nuke ourselves. We're going to die doing it, but we could just go. Apollo 13, they had the same discussion. You know, we will not be able to get back to Earth if... We touch down on the moon here. We need to slingshot around it. But wouldn't it be amazing if those are your final moments? You could be the first person in history to die on the moon. You're suggesting they go rogue, huh? I uh, I don't. I wonder though. 
with technology the way it is now, you don't think NASA probably has a way to stop that from happening? There's not like a manual override or something? I have to think there's a way. I'm thinking so. For that matter, I have to think that we could probably get back to the moon to pick them up if we ever had to. If something goes wrong when they're up there in space, when they're going to the moon. The moon. I have to think that there's some sort of a plan in place to get them back if shit goes down. What if they get like a flat tire or something like that? It happens to all of us. There has to be a way. They could go rogue and <laughs> say, fuck it, we're going to the moon. Come get us if you don't like it. They get a flat tire. They're going to starve <laughs> out there. What do you mean? They're going to run out of oxygen, though. There's none like they Imagine they're like, yeah, we're packing enough food for a year. Why would you do that? None of your business. <laughs> none of your business. <laughs> Kat, we've got some great news for our our Awesome After 9 listeners in Hamilton that I really wish Toronto would get on board with. There are now 150 electric scooters spread out across Hamilton that you can rent and ride as a complement to the existing bike share program. Oh, I love it. There's cities in America and maybe even some others in Canada that have these scooters. At first, I thought it was kind of dumb. Until I tried it, I'm addicted. Is it cool? Cat, all you do is, uh, there's, by the way, eventually going to be, what is it, uh, 350 of them, 150 now, 350 eventually. So 200 more of these are going to be added. The way it works is you download the Bird Canada app. That's the app that controls the scooters. Mm-hmm. So you're just walking down the road and, oh, look at that. There's a scooter right there. It's got a QR code on it. You open the app, scan the QR code, and you can enter a credit card or you can use Apple Pay or Android Pay or whatever you want, however you want to pay for it. It costs $1.15 to get started. And then after that, it's only $0.42 per minute. The scooter comes to life after you activate it. You just give it one little, what is it on a scooter? Is it a little push? You've got one foot on it and then you use your other foot to get going. As soon as you get the wheels going, it does it automatically. It goes up to 20 kilometers an hour, and these things will go for 20, 30, 40, 50 kilometers. You could really go from one side of the city to the other for 42 cents a minute. They're so much fun, and you're not allowed to ride them on the sidewalk. That's the rule, but you can use them in bike lanes, and you can use them on the street. Mm -hmm. It's a really convenient way because... You don't have to drop it off or pick it up from a specific spot. You've seen the bike share bikes, the Bixies or whatever they are. Okay, well, you've got to return that bike to another drop-off spot. You can't just leave it in the middle of the street. The scooters, you can. They're controlled by GPS. In fact, if you try and ride it out of one of the designated areas that it's supposed to be in, it'll shut itself off. You can't steal these things. They're just meant to be used. And then when you're done, Mm -hmm. lean it up against a wall or against the sign or whatever and carry on with your day. It's the fastest and cheapest way to get where you're going. I think more places should implement this. And I understand if it's just a summer program, that's great. When I was in Alberta, they had them as well. Uh, And I forget what city because I was in several cities in Alberta. But in one of the cities, I was watching how it went. And I learned a little bit more about it. And it is so neat. Uh, The GPS tracker, like you mentioned, that makes sense. So nobody's trying to steal it. You drop it anywhere, which is true. And the cool part is they do have people working for them 24-7. So if something happens, there is someone that you can contact that will come help you. Or those people will drive like this big 
it's kind of like a, I don't know, I saw it like a van. Uh, the one that I saw, it's like a giant van. What are those Mercedes ones? You know those giant things? Anyway, they I know chuck, what you mean, yeah. So they chuck them all in there. They'll go and pick them up. So they'll the indicator will tell them, oh, there's one at, you know, Charles and Main Street and, 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 and whatever, St. John and blah, blah Street. And they'll go and they'll collect them and they'll put them in more popular spots. So if you ditch it in an area where... Eh, there's not as high traffic there. It's all good. Someone will come and pick it up and put it right in front of like City Hall, for example, so that more people can use it. So it is a neat way to do things. I think that saves a lot of people, although it although it costs money, it will save people a lot of money for those who park in those areas where you have to pay for parking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think it should be implemented in more cities and I'm I'm glad that it's coming. That's great. Good good on you, Hamilton. Enjoy it. Real convenient around like uh, lunchtime or yeah. break time. So I'll give you an example. There's a Costco <clears throat> across the street from our studio. It's probably about four or 500 meters away. I don't want to walk four or 500 meters. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was a scooter out front? Just jump on that and ride it over there. It's going to cost me about 250 to get there, and bam, I didn't have to go anywhere. And I had some fun. I assume you sign a waiver, and that's kind of part of the process. When you activate it in case you get hit by a app. car or some <laughs> shit because you're an idiot. Yeah. It's like, yeah. listen here, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how you ride this thing. We told you. Now you're on your own. What happens to you here forward is on you. I think that's good. That's great. We have uh, a two little tidbits of food news mm-hmm. that we didn't even do on the radio show today. We'll do this just for the pod. See, you learn something by downloading After 9. I don't know if you heard, but there was a pretty serious train derailment. Another one in America the other day. Another one? It was in Montana. 25 train cars derailed for whatever reason. I don't know what's going on, but it seems like the trains are under attack. This one was carrying Coors Light and Blue Moon (gasps) beer. It spewed the contents all across a large hill and into a river. First responders said that there was no threat to the public, but they had yet to confirm whether the crashed containers were containing any other hazardous materials. I'd like to think that on a train, if it's carrying some beer that all of us are going to consume, it probably doesn't have any hazardous contempt or chemicals, but you never know. They said they still had to look into it. Either way, that's kind of a weird thing, right? That entire river is now a combination of Coors Light and Blue Moon. <laughs> Carbonated river. <laughs> oh, sorry. Blue Moon. We are going back to the moon. <laughs> back to the moon. The moon. <laughs> the moon. And the other tidbit of food news that we've got to pass along is, and it, it is another plea from the CDC in America. Because of an outbreak of salmonella, they're asking us again, please stop eating raw cookie dough. (laughs) This has to be a record for the amount of times the CDC has had to issue a warning about the exact same food. It's the same thing they put out in the 80s, I'm sure, and the 90s and the early 2000s, and then again in the 2010s, because we keep doing it. Is this mainly for young people, I wonder, or do you think that adults... Like grown ass adults. Because if you, I, when I was a kid, I ate raw cookie dough. Like my, my friends and I would get together. And I mean, we're like 11, 12, 13. We're like, yeah, you bring this and I'll bring that. And it was always like you had to bring ice cream and someone was bringing a fucking. Like a tube? <laughs> plastic wrap tube <laughs> of Pillsbury cookie dough. And we would just gnaw on it. Like animals, well, like just fucking gnaw on it. Will somebody please tell me the truth? Is it okay or is it not okay to eat raw cookie dough? You can't. Be- because people do it all the time oh, and do. the vast majority do not get sick. You're right, you're right. 
But, I mean, when I was growing up, my mom would give me that lecture. Don't you eat the raw cookie dough, you little fatty. You're going to get worms. <laughs> and and it was a real concern in my household because I was a little fatty. But she told me you'll get worms if you eat the raw cookie dough. So I was always shit scared to eat a cookie until it was baked. Did you even know what worms were? Like, no. Or what they came from? Did you think you were going to turn into a worm? Because I feel like the worms thing was used in a lot of different ways. Like for my generation, we used to eat Mr. Noodles and crunch them up in the bag and then put that little sauce packet inside and shake it up and eat it like chips, like raw ramen. Ew. I know. But And then the rumor was you were going to get worms if you ate that. None of us even knew what that even meant. Like in our stump tummies, we're going to turn into a worm and get poop worms. Like how does this work? Well, and this is the thing. I've got these terrible visions of these big like earthworms, like the size you'd use for fishing. <laughs> just crawling around in my tummy because I ate some raw cookie dough. See, in the office, see, and I'll let my kids, like, lick the spoon when we make cookies. I'm like the office. I'm like, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't. I mean, I don't do it when we use raw eggs, to be to be perfectly clear. I'll use it with the mixes with, that don't require the eggs. But we, I think we all know as grown adults we're not supposed to do that. And that's why I'm curious, is this warning being issued for grown-ass adults that are doing this? Or is it kids? Because I get it if it's kids. I've been there. I tend to think it's adults. We went through a really depressing couple of years and things aren't much better now. Maybe that's your comfort in solstice is just to yeah. gnaw on some raw cookie dough. Now, why you couldn't wait 13 more minutes for your 400 or 350 oven to cook those cookies, that part I don't understand. But 12 people have become sick, three people have become hospitalized, and the CDC says that, A, again, stop eating raw cookie dough, especially while they're trying to figure out which brand it is that's making everyone sick. And the other thing they said is this outbreak could actually be a lot bigger. Not everybody goes to the doctor because they got the shits. Um, <laughs> it's true. The crumbly, I'm going to do a shout out. Are you ready? And this is a Waterloo region-based company, actually. But you can find these in stores, not just from this company. But there are other companies that do similar. You can actually buy, just so you know, because this is a game changer. If you're listening right now with a pack of Pillsbury <laughs> tube in your hand and you're going, oh, fuck, I can't eat it anymore. The good news is they actually make safe-to-consume cookie dough products that are the same texture and the same taste. It is expensive usually, but the Crumbly Cookie Dough Co., if you want to look that up, is out of Kitchener-Waterloo. They might ship. I couldn't tell you. I think they're on DoorDash too, but you can, and there's other products like it, like I said. So look in the grocery store. Like I think it's usually in like the ice cream area because you do have to refrigerate it. It tastes like cookie dough. All all the flavors are there, but it's not going to give you salmonella. So there you go. But why can't you just wait those extra 15 minutes for the cookies to be ready? Why do you have to eat it now? Oh, it's totally different, though. Cookie dough is different than cookies. It's a different text. Like I said, it's a texture thing, I think, for a lot of people. It's like the taste and the texture. It's so different. It's not the same as a baked cookie. It's just a different world. See, because your mom told you you have worms, you never tried it. But I'm telling you, it's pretty fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that if I go home and whip up a batter or a batch or whatever it is of cookies, I could eat it and I'll be perfectly fine. I'm not saying that. I'm not telling you you're not going to get salmonella. I don't know. But what I'm saying is it's a different taste and texture and it's good. And some people really crave it and like that over cookies. But there are safe ways. Like I said, there's safe ways. Look them up. There's lots of different companies that give you that cookie dough feel without it wanting to kill you. <laughs> Do you have a trick for when you've got to pee, but you just can't pee right now? Is there something that you do? Do you think of a specific thing that makes the urge go away? Do you 
Do you just let a little bit out and then hope no. the rest stays in? Never. Like, <laughs> what's your trick when you've really got to pee? No, that's, I feel like you're doomed if you do that. You can't do that. That's bad for your body, too. Just, just pee a little bit, and then your bladder will be okay. <laughs> no. It buys you a couple minutes. That's not what happens. Uh, no, I, for me, I think if I have to pee bad, usually I'll do like, I'll do a lot of move. It's like a kid when you know they have to pee, they start to move around a lot. Yeah. That's probably, I don't know if it even works. I wouldn't call it a trick, but that's just what I do. I'd be like, I gotta pee. Sometimes like I'll, I'll do a little drum set on the table. Like, uh-huh. I gotta uh-huh. pee. I, I got a couple minutes here. When can I go pee? That kind of thing. Uh, an article here in the pediatric and adolescent gynecology journal about a Serbian woman who left a cork in her privates <gasps> during a sex game and left it there for three and a half years. What the fuck? Which led to incontinence. It's a recent case, they say, again, from the journal Pediatric and Adolescent oh. Gynecology. Um, the woman inserted the stopper, the cork, if you will. Oh, don't say the word. Don't it, say the U word. In a moment of impaired judgment and couldn't remove it. Like in her urethra? It's hard to say. Let me go through the rest of the story okay, and right, you try and right. figure out. I'm not even sure how those oh, things work fuck. completely anyway. When she lost control <laughs> of her Scott bladder. Scott just learned there's more than one hole down there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where? <laughs> she lost control of her bladder. Uh, she finally sought medical treatment, but not before fearing judgment. Doctors say they were able to remove the cork but then found a hole between her bladder and vaginal wall, which caused her incontinence. The patient was referred to adult urologists for further diagnosis and treatment. I, I don't know if this was sexual or if this was a uh, stop the pee. I have to think this was sexual. It says sexual misadventure. Why would you stick a cork in there? Well, that this, seems like a weird thing to jam in there. When the, all those other options are available and safe, why would you pop a champagne bottle and then stick the cork up your vag? Yeah, it's not. Well, again, it's up the urethra, right? I guess. It's not going to be up the vag unless she gave herself such a bad infection by keeping it up the vag. I don't know. I mean, you're asking the wrong you're asking a guy. Because some people do <laughs> get turned know. on. Well, some people do get turned on with a urethra, and I mean men as well. I've heard that. Yeah. Guys stick all kinds of stupid shit up there. When I when I had a catheter, have you ever had a catheter? Never. Okay, so Thank, C-section, C-section, you have to get a catheter, right? So I did two of them. And I'll never forget that. Like For me, it was apparently you either fucking love the feeling, which is weird for me, because I fucking hated it. And when, a cath- when the catheter came out, it's like a weird feeling like when you put your finger in your belly button. Like, fuck it. Ugh. I hate yeah. that feeling, right? So when it got got pulled out the first time I did it, I was like, oh, fuck, that's terrible. And the nurse is like, you'd be amazed at how many people when I do that will be like, oh, like they kind of like it a lot. Really? And she gets to, he- she got to see, all- she gets to see everyone's reaction, right? She's like, you either go, ah, fuck, or you go, oh, oh. That was interesting. That's a weird thing to tell a nurse that you just really liked that, that they it, did. Well, I think that she should, uh, she says she could just tell by the expression. That's kind of messed up. Because again, either you're like me and you go, fuck, <laughs> I hated what you just did. But anyway, some people like it. Men and women, right? We both have one of those, right? We both pee. So um, apparently some people really like the sensation. So I don't know. It's a weird world for me that I'm not involved in. So I couldn't tell you why a cork. Maybe she just re- couldn't find anything else and she'd worked her way up. Because I feel like that's not something you start with, Scott. 
Not, you don't start. You don't start with a cork. Cork is not a gateway. You've done something You've else done to get up to cork exactly. level. Exactly. So this is a vet. <laughs> a vet <laughs> that should have known better and should have taken it out or not put it up there at all. Don't put random shit up you. Ren you. Just stop it. It's wild what people want to put inside them. It's not right. That they want to either swallow or stick in one of the the various entry points and oh. so on and so forth. It's gross. Uh, to wrap up, do we have time for this? Yeah, okay, we're going to make time for this. BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. asking people about some of the activities that occur in dining situations and asking, is that okay or is it not okay? They said cool or not cool. So let me run a couple of scenarios by you. You tell me if it's cool or not cool. Okay. Start eating food before everyone in your group has arrived, i.e., you get there for your 6 o'clock reservation. You think, you know what? Nobody else is here yet. I'm going to order some appies here. And you just start mowing on them before people arrive. <gasps> is that cool or not cool? Okay, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't get mad. I'm just trying to think of how I'd feel in both scenarios. If I was hungry and stuff, I'd wait. Like, I'm not ordering food without people. But if I go out to eat with them often and I know they love nachos, right? And, oh, there's nachos. You know what? I'll order that in advance. What's the likelihood, though, that you order the app? The app comes. That takes a while. And they're still not there. In that case, aren't they kind of really late assholes? So you should just eat without them. <laughs> right? I think so. Fuck you. You were late. Yeah. But like I also understand that people get late. Uh, to me, sure. I, I, I might, might, if it's there anyway, dig in and grab a little piece of bread if it's on the table. Oh, that's fine, though. There's no. I think that's it. That etiquette is okay. If, if I'm expecting four other people, there's not a chance I'm going to order something. And if it arrives before they do, sit there and start eating it. There's just no chance. Nah. 62% say not cool. The other 38% say eat your food as soon as you want. Hmm. Weird. You go into a restaurant. You don't have a reservation. They say, ah, it's going to be about an hour wait or so but you can see empty tables all over the place. Hmm. You arguing with that host or hostess, or are you just going to no. sit there and wait like a sucker? No, I trust that that there's obviously plans for that. And the other thing we need to realize, number one, there's reservations, right? And if you make a reservation, you expect your table. So that could be people waiting for a certain reservation at 6.30 or 7 o'clock or whatever. So you have to trust that that hostess isn't just lying to you for fun. Number two, the other thing is um, sometimes servers get what they call in the restaurant business as slammed. So maybe there's only one or two wait staff on and they can't take any more tables. So you can go ahead and sit there, but you're sitting there and not getting a drink, not getting anyone approach you for like 15, 20 minutes. So you could ask the person like what they'd rather if that's the case. But aside from that, you just got to trust it. I don't think it's right to do that. Start pointing your finger. I can picture those people now. Like, well, what about this booth over here? It's look, empty. Look over there. There's yeah. an empty table right there. Yeah, what, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, do you fucking work here? Like, do you understand what's happening? You, you don't know right. how to run a restaurant. You yeah. suck. Yeah. What do you, you want to be our new floor manager here? You know what? Fucking take it. There it, you go. 87%. 87% say it is not cool to argue with the host or hostess Good. about empty tables. Good. They are the gateway. You've got to treat them nicely. Is it okay when you go into a restaurant to ask for something that's not even on their menu? <laughs> Could you go into an Italian restaurant, for example, and say, yeah, I know you guys don't have a chicken parm, but I know you've got chicken and I know you've got Parmesan. Could you just make me a chicken parm? 
I think it's fine to ask. Don't expect it if it's not on the menu. Don't be like, I demand a chicken parmesan. (laughs) Don't be an asshole about it. But you could absolutely ask. No harm in it. Because worst case scenario, they'll go back to the kitchen. They'll ask. And the chef will be like, you know what? I just don't have all the proper ingredients. So I don't want to make them something. Maybe they'll compromise with you. Maybe they'll just straight up be like, the menu's the menu or get out. Hey, at least you have your answer. But I don't think there's anything wrong with asking. I feel like that's more of a mom and pop shop or family type place, a sole Mm -hmm. owner kind of deal. I I feel like if you go into the keg and say, do you think you guys could whip up a chicken parm for me? They probably wouldn't do it. But if you walked into a nice, authentic Italian restaurant, maybe family run and operated, they might actually say, yeah, you know what? No problem. Or you know what? I don't feel like sauce tonight. Do you think you could just make me up some pasta with butter? They would probably do something like sure, that. Sure, I think so. Again, it doesn't hurt to ask. I don't think you're being rude in asking, as long as you're asking nicely. 73% say not cool to order something that's not on the menu. Hmm. Is it okay when you go into a restaurant to ask them if you can bring outside food in? Could you walk into I don't know, milestones and say, Yeah, I just want the table and I might have a drink, but I brought my own meal. (laughs) Bringing your own meal is a weird thing. I know there's some people who have uh, dietary restrictions and things like that, maybe that they're not so sure about it. I've seen people bring out certain sauces from their purse, for example, hot sauces particularly, or maybe they bring a specific sweetener, and I've done that before too, where I brought my own sweetener. Little things like that are fine. Also, we got to... Again, there's gray, There's obviously gray area here because for me, it's also about like if I bring, I'll bring a little something for my kids to snack on while we wait for the food because sometimes if the food takes too long, it's a problem. So there's that. Some people bring birthday cakes for celebrations. And I think as long as you ask in advance, it's okay. So certain cases, it's okay. A full-blown meal? Like why the hell are you even there then? Like that's what I would say. Like why are you even there if you're not even there for the meal? So one of the examples that comes to mind is when I was in high school, we used to go out for lunch every day and we would rotate. We had Monday McDonald's and we had Wendy's on Tuesday. Oh, wow. You were organized. Very organized. It was the only point of high school where all of my friends and I were all on the same page. Mondays we go to McDonald's. Tuesday we go to Wendy's. I don't even remember the dates. But it was a thing. But we had one buddy who always brought a lunch. So we would all sit there eating our Big Macs and fries, and he would have like a sandwich and a granola bar and stuff that his mom packed, and he brought his own food into the restaurant. Is that okay, do you think? You didn't make him feel bad about that, did you? Every day. You did? Every day. What if he couldn't, what if his family couldn't afford it? Oh, they could afford it. So it wasn't about that? Did he not like the food? No, I think they, the family didn't like him. Like they weren't going to give him money every day to go out and he didn't have a job. So they Mm. packed him a lunch. Because that's kind of sad. But at the same time, yeah, I think that's totally fine. Especially those kind of like fast food places. Come on, it's fine. In case you're wondering what the public says, the vast majority agree. It is not okay to bring your own food into a restaurant. And on that, we will say thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of After 9. Still two more to come before the week wraps up. We are on the march to Easter, and I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Bye, friends. Netflix announced that they're going to start releasing fewer but better movies. (laughs) Then every actor who's ever done a Netflix movie was like, um, rude? 
A couple in Michigan recently pulled into a Costco parking lot to give birth to their baby. While on their way to the hospital, they also picked up some snacks and toiletries, because how often do you find a parking space at Costco? Well, this is wild. I read that 50 years ago, the first cell phone call was made. It was exciting at first, and then two minutes in, they were like, well, I should let you go. <laughs>